We're about to have an incredible guitar hang and guitar picking session with the great Wayne Henderson. It's brought to you by Guitar Player Magazine and GuitarPlayer.com. You got to check out GuitarPlayer.com more often. All y'all, so much good stuff on there, great information. And of course, subscribe to the magazine if you can. It's been going since 1967. Guitar Player, play better, sound better. What's up, everybody? How are you? I'm Jude Gold. I got to tell you about a perfect weekend that I had. It was Father's Day weekend. Just, what is that, 10 days ago? I feel like it was yesterday because I'm still buzzing from it. It was up in the Blue Ridge Mountains. I think it was the Blue Ridge Mountains. Don't kill me if I'm wrong on my geography, but it was right on the Virginia North Carolina border up in the Highlands there at Grayson Highlands State Park. There's a field, there's a band shell, and there's a festival that happens every year and it's been going on for almost 30 years. The Wayne C. Henderson Music Festival and Guitar Competition. We are about to play some beautiful guitars with Wayne. He's an incredible player. You're listening to him right now. This is his album, Made and Played, and it's probably called Made and Played because it's probably played on a guitar he made. He's one of the most amazing guitar luthiers in the country, builds them by hand, and don't take it from me. Take it from Brad Paisley, Eric Clapton, Doc Watson if he was still around, so many other incredible players. Peter Rowan, the list is endless that have his amazing instruments and also some of his uh, other instruments, which are the mandolins that he makes, which are equally astonishing. His daughter Jane is now making instruments under her name too. I think it's EJ Henderson Guitars. But he's been doing this for quite a while and he has some amazing Martins too. So we get to play with Wayne and learn about him and his life and his playing his metal finger picks that he uses, and of course how he builds these unbelievable instruments and how he keeps this festival going with the help of so many friends. I'm telling you, if friends are a measure of wealth, then Wayne is one of the wealthiest cats I've ever met because he gets so much support. I heard about this festival not through guitar channels, not through publicists, just completely organically through my girlfriend whose father loves this festival Ken Dove, he plays the festival sometimes, at least twice now with his brother Don and the Sea Cruisers. He had a killer set and there were so many other musicians playing too. Finally saw Red Volkert for the first time, the pedigreed lead guitar player that used to play with Merle Haggard and George Jones and also of course with his buddy Bill Kirchin. He did an awesome duo set with Dallas Wayne, great singer, songwriter, DJ, actor, all that stuff. and. Uh, Red was actually one of the judges on the flat picking competition, which was incredible to see everyone from 15-year-olds to older cats competing. And the judges are in the back with only headphones. They have no idea who's on stage. They don't know their names. Very wonderful day out in the the field. So we went out there because I had the weekend off, and it was great. And then we were just hanging around. I I brought the microphones, you know, because they're easy to throw into the helicopter. And I wasn't necessarily going to get a podcast, but it happened on the last day. This was like Monday or something. We're just over at Wayne's shop where a lot of people like to hang out, especially on this weekend. Pickers all over the place, man. And uh, other guitar builders. And 
there it was finally happened got in a room with wayne and played some guitars and asked him about his life in this amazing festival one of the humblest cats you'll ever meet i love this guy and i just met him this weekend well two weekends ago and peter robson there makes beautiful guitars as well and he is in the room with us kind of facilitating a little bit mostly just hanging out thank you peter just an incredible hang again brought to you by guitar player magazine and guitarplayer.com and of course i presented wayne with a no guitar is safe g7th capo very cool capo that every acoustic guitar player needs at least a couple capos so let's do it let's fly the copter over to the sticks i can't believe that wayne thanked me for visiting him in the sticks wayne the honor was all mine thank you for what you do and uh, you're going to see he helps out the musical community so heavily. With uh, That's the whole point of this festival. He gets kids playing, and some of them play. Like the Burnett sisters, I think, were musicians that were in the program. They were amazing. They, uh, the youngest one, I think, is 16. They have a full bluegrass band, utterly pro. And there's a lot of great artists. And it's possible next year might be the last one. So you should be sure to get out there. 2024, Father's Day weekend, Wayne C. Henderson music festival and guitar competition plenty of time to enter the competition if you want to do a real true flat picking competition a lot of fun great vibes and i'm still buzzing from it so let's get this party started let's go play a couple of beautiful henderson guitars with the man who made them Morning, Wayne. How are you? Well, I'm pretty good, Reagan. How about you? Oh, I'm I'm on a high. I mean, this is my first Wayne Henderson Festival. Oh yeah. And I, it's the 29th annual. There's going to be at least one more. Yep. Next for- year, big 30, but utterly magical experience. What were you just playing for us? What was that piece? Well, that's just an old old timey tune. You know, Sail Away, Ladies, or Sally Ann. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just playing. I just noodling around you know like guitar yeah. players do yeah and I, i've seen like license plates around here that say no picks and stuff but i do have a pick in my pocket i always keep it in my back pocket but you've got three metal picks and i know you are they're always on you where do you keep three metal finger picks they're always i tell people if i've got my britches on i've got my picks because <laughs> they always stay in my front pocket yeah. where there's no keys or change and stuff so i don't i've had to actually this same one of these front finger picks I've had since 1968. What? It's the same pick. That's a lot of pressure not to lose that in the dryer or something. Oh, I know. It, uh, I, I sort of keep up with them. You know, I always feel if I've got my picks in there and my pocket knife's in there. That's my main tool I use to make guitars with anyway. 
Yeah. It's, I keep it and make sure it's always handy, and I always make sure I've got my picks. And I have managed to not lose them for that much of a time. Oh, knock on wood. There's no shortage of great wood in this, yeah, yeah, this, there's lots of wood this room in right here. here. Yeah. And this room is obviously filled with an insane amount of uh, Hendersons and Martins and Gibson stuff. Uh, are you friends with the Martin people? Are they? Yeah, are a they little must... bit. I have been at times. You know, yeah. right now at the present, they've changed. I have not been there for a while. Well, I don't know the main fellas, but as always, friends with Mike Longworth and Dick Boke and some of the yeah. you know guys up there that was always you know nice and friendly and and I've always absolutely loved their guitars and i imagine they must have tried to get you to work for them or something yeah well is it's i've been always been so far down in the sticks down here but i did learn how to build by studying their guitars and i've done a lot of repair yeah. work on them and and that's how i learned how to get make guitars a long time ago was by doing repair work every time i got an old martin especially the ones i really like the ones that's made back in the 30s and 40s and and every time I've worked, did any kind of repair work or work on them, I tried to study ever just by looking at the chisel marks, sandpaper marks, yeah. and everything, and uh, the kind of wood and everything like that. I always tried to study that, and that's how I learned how to build guitars. Amazing. And uh, your guitars are in quite high demand, of course. Um, last I checked, I saw like 532 from a few years ago. How many up to? 600, 700? I'm working on number 895 right Ooh. now. That's it's the right many yeah. guitars for one person to make. And I've had, at times, you know, I've had uh, some help, you know, from Don Wilson and a few people mm -hmm. like that that was sort of apprentice, but they'd hang around and do a little bit of work for me. And almost anybody that's around the shop, sometimes I put them to sanding or doing something that's helpful, you know. Yeah. Everybody wants to hang out here. It's like Tom Sawyer's fence, man. Everyone, yeah. This is one of the coolest guitar spots, if not the coolest guitar spot I've ever been to. And I'm not just your well, guitars and not, this, not just the other guitars that you've collected, but the feeling of community and all the other players sitting around in the driveway picking. It's yeah. a big picking party. And you, you let everybody try all the different instruments, no matter how precious they are. And uh, I thank you for that already in a well, short time you're here. You're welcome. That's... I certainly can't play all of them and stuff that I have, but, and I enjoy hearing people playing them and you know, enjoy showing them to folks and stuff, especially history stuff about them, you know, how old they are and stuff like that. Yeah, every guitar has a story. Now, I love that story of you meeting, meeting Sam McGee at the Grand Old Opry or something. Oh, yeah. And he showed you, what was that piece he showed you? Would you mind playing that, a little uh, bit of that? bit of Buck Dancer's choice was that tune. Now, he played that a lot better and a lot faster, but, but uh, that yeah. was one of his tunes, and I learned that from him. And that was a pretty exciting thing. I used to work. I would go down and work for two weeks at a time, sometimes three weeks, for George Gruen's guitar shop down when he yeah. first started it in 1970. And uh, he would gave me his card, and I could take that backstage of the Opry, which was – just a yeah. few feet from uh, from the shop, yeah. and at that time, the old Ryman Auditorium, and mm -hmm. uh, 
tell him I wanted to go in and see Sam McGee, who was one of my heroes, guitar playing heroes. And George would uh, give me that card, and the guard would let me in anytime I'd go back there. And, and so that was that was a really exciting time for me to be down there and get to see people like Sam McGee. Nice. So let's play a little something together, maybe. Anything I can jam on well, you with just see. for a second? about uh ever play freight train that's just a that, i learned that yeah. from another my dad used to play that for my second grade class oh, you know yeah. before i was old enough to be embarrassed by it yeah well <laughs> let's play a little bit of that I, yeah. I actually learned that from the lady that wrote it uh, really? i got to uh meet and you know i've made these guitars for 60 years and a long time ago that was a very unusual thing you know for somebody to make but the Smithsonian sent me to Canada one time to their folk life thing, and uh, it's where they had the World's Fair there, but they kept yeah. their pavilion for a while and had a folk festival there, and I got to go, and I got to hang out with Elizabeth Cotton, and uh, she was the cool, one of the coolest guitar players I've ever seen. But she wrote that tune, Freight Train, when she was 11 years old, and she lived to be in her 90s, and uh, and. The strangest thing, she she was a you know a total finger picker, you know fang, you know Travis type thumb picker finger uh-huh. picker, but she did it left handed and upside down on a right handed strung guitar, and uh, it was just almost unbelievable if you sat in there watching right, her do it. We and, we like the thumb on our low strings, and yep. the low strings would have been close to the floor. I I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm gonna have to go check that out. It was very strange. She yeah. done that. You know that stuff like the Travis ad, you know thumb thumb picker lick, or she did that with her little finger okay. that was on top, and then take her thumb pick it. She did that yeah. stuff with her. It just very strange how she did that, but she made it sound absolutely wonderful. So I got to play that with her a little bit. Have you ever played that tune, Major? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's see if we can play it a little bit.
There you go. Good lick on the end. Hey, thanks for that. I got I got to be honest. I had about five cups of coffee just now. It's morning over at the River House, so I feel like I'm a little amped here. Just oh, yeah. Playing with Wayne Henderson. So <laughs> well, a little ahead of the beat there, but really a lot of fun. This festival that you do is it there's it's truly one of those if you know you know i did not know until uh, until kenny dove started telling me about this oh yeah it's a gem there's the amount of great playing it's a guitar player's paradise the community feeling the love and the the friendliness and um, the cause you raise all this money for uh, i guess it's called jam yeah Um, it's a that festival started out almost 30 years ago now that as a fundraiser for you know the jam program that is a program started by my partner helen white she's passed Mm -hmm. on now but you guys have a record uh, she was uh started this in her school program over we're in the next county over and uh it sort of grew she we noticed when we was out playing everywhere it didn't see a lot of kids that music functions and things and she started doing that and they really took to it and then some it was amazingly helpful some of those kids of course in appalachian here like i mean like i grew up and everything you don't have much and you know not many to spend on anything and to buy entertainment or anything and she knew and we all knew it's a pretty cool thing you can entertain yourself if you can play an instrument or sing or whatever you do, and she got to introducing those kids to that, and it started a actual uh, an official program called Jam. She called it Junior Appalachian Musicians, and that and the, yeah, and okay. it's a Jam in short, and that that's spread over right now. It's going big in about five different states. You know, the in the region here, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, and Tennessee, and and I think we got West Virginia coming up, you know, from chapters and a tremendous amount of kids that are in that and and they learn how to play. We just noticed they weren't taking up the heritage of their ancestors, which pretty much I grew up. That's one way we had to entertain ourselves. It didn't cost much if you could have an instrument of some kind. And so that she lined that up so they could borrow or have instruments from the school system. and, And now there's i think mostly on account of that program kids are everywhere you look you know and I, and some of them are we had a band play at our festival just saturday those burnett sisters every one of them yeah. went through the jam program and and all of them had received scholarships yeah. from our festival Phenomenal now they're musicians. now they're totally grown and that was as good a band a bluegrass band yeah. as i've heard in well, a while yeah, and one of them's only 16, and she sounds like a total pro. I mean, yeah, that is, yeah. you guys must be doing something right. Yeah, well, they, that's that's really a cool thing. And and I know, you know, Helen would be proud to know that that's still going so good. And, well, and Yeah. I mean, and, I can't thank you guys enough. You and Helen, rest her soul, because, uh, yeah. you know, it's so important to get guitars in people's hands, and there's a few different ways of doing it. And this is a, oh, yeah. an amazing thing you're doing, like, and you you typically raffle off a guitar. I was told that I had purchased the winning ticket, but I had not. Oh yeah, well, it's but I'm some, happy that you raised something. <laughs> went a little foul there, I guess somehow, you know. Oh yeah, but, it should have been mine. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, with one guitar, you guys raised 
$35,000 yeah. just from people walking around with a bucket selling raffle tickets. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, that's pretty cool. You know, we yeah. explained to people, you know, you're probably not going to win this guitar, but if you make us a $50 donation to the scholarship, that's got to make you feel good, you know, to, to do that. And and you can see in person there what it, what it does. Yeah. And, uh, and But somebody's going to win it, you know, for sure. And, you know, it is a pretty cool thing. We raised all that money, and that, that'll pay for our yeah. scholarships next year. And and uh, so that's a that's we're nuts. really excited and proud that that works good, you know. What's and the, we lucked out this year. We just had – you couldn't have ordered the weather out of out of yeah. a catalog and got better, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, that was. I would describe that as one of the few perfect days that I've enjoyed in my life. Yeah, yeah, and, that's a – it's interesting you know, of how it all. You know, you're a musician, play yeah. festivals and things like that. You don't always get weather like that to play yeah. in. You know? Yeah, it's on a mountaintop kind of, so you never yeah. know. The wind could turn, or a storm could come rolling through, or yeah, you know. which you know it has before. But boy, we sure had it perfect Saturday. You know. Yeah, it was great. Then um, it's interesting too because you know, and I think of people who run festivals. I often think of people who are, you know. Like, let's put it this way. You're a very mellow guy, but yet this huge thing has grown around you over the past three decades. How did that happen? How does it feel? How did you put this thing together, or, or why did it Why well, did it happen? Well, it was it, just, you know, like I said, to start with, to raise money for the kids to learn how to play, and I thought that was a good a good yeah. cause, and, and it just worked better than you thought, you know. Yeah, it's something you about know, it really and, is working. You know, I had a friend, uh, I've always had good musicians to come play, and my friend Doc Watson, you know, he's he's a legendary guitar player oh, yeah. and lived sort of in the area and somebody that I've known since back in the 60s. And, uh, you know, he's a very famous guitar player. And, well, of course. And I asked him when we started this festival, would he possibly come, you know, back in at that time, he was in his heyday and... And it was hard to get him, you know, to come play. And but Doc was would do local stuff that he wanted to do, and he said, "Oh, Wayne, I'll I'll help you get that festival started. I'll come play the first one for you." God bless and you. him and you know other folks, you know, local yeah. people. But the very first one we ever had was well attended and real successful. And and uh, and Doc yeah. over the years played at maybe three others over over years and we've and and then it got so i could trade guitars you know make somebody a guitar i was able to do that for vince gill and ricky skaggs and they played a few big shots like that and and always you know our local talent around here is always real good and i see so um did did you learn anything like guitar wise or anything on your in your fingers now from doc watson that kind of Oh, oh, Lord, yeah, I learned you. lots of stuff Anything from Doc. Anything you show us? Like, yeah, I'll, I'll play. I'll try to play a tune. My picks are not staying on real good, but, but the, I'll play a, a fiddle tune that Doc always played yeah. back in the 60s when, uh, when, uh, when Doc was uh, started making records. He would take, uh, you know, like a, a regular song of some kind and turn it into a guitar instrumental. 
And yeah. he was one of the first people I ever heard tell of doing that. And he'd make those records and put them out. And that's the first I ever heard him. You know, I, I got one of his records. Even though he lived 45 minutes from here, he's just somebody I didn't know, you know. And uh, But when I got those records, I could not believe that they, but that, I'll play this tune here that he told me. It was one of those old songs and called I Don't Love Nobody. And uh, he turned it into a guitar instrumental. And when he played that, wherever the recording studio was, the recording engineer, when he got through play, asked him what the title of that song or tune was so he could put it on the put it on the record and doc misunderstood him and thought he was bragging on his picking and he said oh there ain't nothing to it <laughs> and so that's when the record come out that was the title of that tune you know it got con- confused and i like that but then doc always called this tune nothing to it too so i'll try to play that just a c tune and got one little two chord in it there or something but it, uh, just a regular old tune Nothing to it. Need some chords in the back. <laughs> Did Doc play with uh, two uh, finger picks on his index and a middle too? Doc was a wonderful finger picker. He'd play Merle Travis style yeah. real good, but a tune like that, he would have used a flat pick on. Just play a flat it up pick. and down. See, I have to. I play a strange way with my picks, yeah. and I I had a neighbor that lived in a community here yeah. that was a good guitar player, and he thumb picked and played and told me that's how i had to learn how to play guitars and i didn't know any better because he he told me he said all good guitar players use a thumb pick you know and uh that was his opinion you know and everything a and lot of my favorites the only one i'd ever seen or heard tell of players was him and merle travis and chad adkins yeah. and maybell carter and uh every last one of them used a thumb pick yeah, so he- maybe he's right you know but I used to know Tom Bresh and Merle oh, Sunny. Yeah. Do you know Tom? I, I sure do. You guys I, probably... I remember Tom, and and uh, he was a absolutely great player. Yeah, he said his pops, Merle Travis, only used the thumb pick and the first finger for yeah. everything. That yeah, he did. well, Doc, Doc was a, a certainly a fan of Merle Travis, yeah. and he learned to play the same way, and he did the same thing. Those guys, their fingers stuck straight down like that, except this one that they used here. Right. And Doc and Merle Travis's hand looked sort of alike when they – when they do that amazing so i like many people i think i would like to get on the list to uh order a guitar <laughs> from you um how does that work well first of all 
I know people are, everyone wants to wait, like whatever it takes, three yeah. years to get one. Your guitars are in huge demand. You've made them from everyone, from Eric Clapton on down, Paisley, Tommy Emanuel, Brad Paisley, Jillian Welch, and Ricky Skaggs, from according to my, my research here. Yeah, that's Countless out. other people. What would they be most surprised about? You think all these people who are monster players have been doing it professionally all their lives, but as far as the process of building, is there anything when you're alone in the shop and you're not surrounded by all these pickers and you're making a guitar, what do you, what would, what's some insight to the process that maybe we don't know about? Well, I, I always think about whoever I'm making it for, you know, and they always talk to me at least a little bit, you know, tell me what neck size, shape, and stuff yeah. like that and i make stuff just by hand one at a time so you could could make a instrument however somebody wants it as long yeah. as i know for sure what they want you know right. and i usually try to get people to write that down for me at least once yeah. and uh and and i never i'm getting old now I'm, you know 76 years old and and uh like my buddy that's my same age told me well you know we're in the fourth quarter <laughs> and that, yeah. I'm just hoping for a tie up and some overtime. But what quarter but, is uh, your friend Herb in? Oh, Herb, He's Herb's in, definitely in the overtime business, yeah. sir. You know, <laughs> He's oh, 86, but he's in great shape and oh, yeah. plays and sings and helps me work in the shop. And he's a uh, Herb's, you know, one of my favorite people in the world. And and uh, but I like to say I never tell anybody no but i'll get to it if i possibly can if i live long enough and mm, and uh, and keep keep finding wood and and you know stuff like yeah. that i i mean i love making guitars and i'm pretty sure that i'll be doing that as long as i'm able to do anything you know yeah 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 you die with your pocket knife out and and your CNC machine on? Do you have a CNC now? No, Lord, oh. no. I wouldn't. I, I, didn't, I wouldn't. I, 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 well, that was a question I had. I was wondering about because you mentioned yeah, one yesterday. That but, uh, well, I have a friend yeah. who does some of my yeah. like my logo inlay stuff like that, yeah. and I found out it's a whole lot easier to get him to do it, and it's a beautiful, perfect job. And yeah, but I've always before all this, I always cut my own pearl with a hand jeweler saw. My daughter. Yeah. She, you know yeah. she makes really nice guitars and she really enjoys yeah. her artwork as her inlay work and stuff and she makes and, ukuleles and that she she really enjoys doing that and cuts her own pearl and we still do it some that guitar you, you're holding right there was made a few years ago and that was a that's a real elaborate fancy tree of life inlay in the fingerboard but that was all cut by hand with a jeweler saw and then hand inlaid and Stagger I actually hit. cut the abalone out of abalone shells to make that myself too. I mean, there's like the pyramids of Egypt, and then this. Like I don't. Neither one of those two objects do I understand how they could be built by <laughs> the amount of labor. But it's very beautiful. I'll take a picture of this. And of course, Jane has her own brand now. E.J. Henderson. Yeah. Yep. She's. And she that she, probably helped her a little bit, you know, because my yeah. guitars are known, you know, yeah. by people, and she having that name no doubt helped her but she has orders for stuff and stays you know pretty constantly busy all the time she also likes yeah. to make ukuleles and that's a yeah, sort yeah. of a popular thing anymore you know people absolutely like they make you can make great music on them and they're easy to carry around and and uh yeah. seem like they're a pretty popular thing now she does yeah, does great. well with her ukulele thanks yeah and this 
show here. We had uh, Jake Shimabukoro from um, Hawaii. He's, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a monster player. Oh, yeah. My daughter Jane went went somewhere to watch him play. Yeah, yeah. One time, and it's saw him in person. I mean, I've just heard him on records and stuff. But Yeah, he's a nut. Pretty amazing. Now, your band is amazing. First of all, it was so funny to me when after, you know, Red Volkart and uh, Dallas Wayne, they did the great set right before your final set of the day, your headlining set, as it were. And then he comes out and he sits right in the front row, right in front of you. And you said something very funny. You remember what you said? Oh, yeah. Red Vocart sitting right in front of you when you're trying to play. I said, that's like being out fishing with the game warden. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like we're driving down the highway here. All of a sudden, two Smokies were behind me. Uh-oh. Two cops is following, you know, and it's... SUVs, it's that, it's that feeling, right? Yeah, oh it's yeah. Like I, I'm dry, I'm staying in the lane, right? Yeah, you're trying to, you try to, don't do any wobbling or anything when that's going <laughs> on, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, that was playing in front of him was like fishing in front of the game warden. That, yeah. you know. But your band is so phenomenal. Your set was amazing. That Mando player. Well, thank player. you. I appreciate that. And I usually play at the end. I figure that's the worst time of day to play. It's not like we're trying to be the closer yeah. but it's the time of day when the sun comes in there hot and it's also people are absolutely worn out and i, yeah, and, I know uh, what you mean and people that, uh, some people are going yeah. to their cars you know yeah oh yeah and that's i'd but, rather people i have come play i don't want them to have yeah. to deal with that you know and and but See, there's that I, generosity I'm happy that people hang around and listen to us some yeah. and uh but but I do consider that the, probably the hardest time to play. I mean, I also yeah. invite people up to play with me, too. Oh, yeah, you had a lot of guests. And You're a Mando player. What's his Randy? Randy Greer. Randy Greer. Yeah. Wow. He's, was, he's pretty amazing. <laughs> pretty he really phenomenal. Good player, yeah. And yeah. Uh, those those guys go around and play with me when I, when I do a gig. That's, they're the ones usually go. And even Herb, as old as he is, he – he still oh, yeah. loves to go out and play, and he goes to every one of them, you know. Yeah, back to Herb. So he's 86, and he's singing some songs and playing, you know, um, strumming there right along with you. I play in a band with an 84-year-old. Oh, yeah. Jefferson Starship. Oh, David yeah. David Freiberg is 84, a, and he's— He's original one yeah, of them, man. He's original. Yeah, and he, that's he was pretty even, cool. Even in the airplane for the last year of the airplane and then Quicksilver yeah. Messenger Service before that. Yeah. But, yeah, he rocks the house every night, oh, 84, yeah. and— and uh, he he sings a big rock song, Jane, which is the song that he you know he wrote like ninety eight percent of that song. And oh yeah, it, and uh, every night people he's like the secret weapon. What oh, the yeah. heck was that? <laughs> yeah, his voice is so strong. Yeah, but, it's um, pretty cool. Well, I don't know. I'll see if there's anything I specifically want to touch on. Well, I, guess. I appreciate you coming and talking to me, and oh my gosh, coming I to the festival that. and everything. And, yeah, thank you for taking the time to do this, and and you're this is the coolest clubhouse uh, I've ever seen. <laughs> All these people hanging out, hanging out with you, playing guitar in your driveway. Yeah, well, it happens. And then, I mean, I yeah, we got Peter Robson over here. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. <laughs> and he, of course, is suggesting that I ask you about the guitar you're holding. There, I was. There's so many guitars in here, it's like I don't even know if we should even tackle it. But, yeah, tell us about the Well, guitar. this one's one I made for my granddaughter. It's number 800, yeah. and I have a collection of other builders. One of Peter's guitars hanging right smack dab right behind you yeah, there. Yeah. I was and, playing uh, that. That's a really nice guitar. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, there's a Jimmy Edmonds and Peter's and Gerald Anderson, a fellow that worked with yeah. me a lot. 
and uh, you know Steve Fasell is another. Those guys, they all make really yeah. super excellent guitars. And I've got one of my daughters, one yeah. of John Halls. He's a fellow that's a supplier of the materials we use a lot. He does a lot of that. I've got one of Don Wilson's guitars hanging right there. That mm -hmm. uh, he was a fellow that worked in my yeah. shop for a good long while and was a yeah absolute genius when it comes to mechanical anything and he learned how to make guitars and got so he could make really nice ones yeah. and uh and so you know a lot of folks like that have you know passed on now that we miss so bad but yeah. I, I have one of these guitars here and and the machinery that still works in my shop i remember him every day when i use those things yeah and uh and a lot of these other guitars, every last one of them's got a story with it. The old Recording King right there was one that was made in 1939 that yeah. my brother got for $5 when I was five years old. And Amazing. that was my first guitar. And I sat around and played. I couldn't reach around the neck. You know, my fingers were too little, and I knew how to get a G chord. The, the thumb over the top. The yeah. thumb over the top and fingering that, that. But I thought I was a guitar player because I could play a G chord, you know. And yeah. uh, It's not and, what you know. It's what you do with what you yeah, know. Yeah. And that old guitar, E.C. Ball, my thumb picker mentor fellow yeah. that lived here, took a horseshoe rasp and filed that neck down so it made it little enough like I could reach around it yeah. better and, and – then painted it back black, and it still looks pretty good. But I still have that old guitar; it's hanging right there. And I well, have Ken, a, Ken Dove posted commented on one on someone put a Henderson motorcycle on on your page on Facebook. Yeah, and he said that it must have been you with a pocket knife cutting away anything that looked like a guitar. <laughs> yeah, which I guess your main quote is what you often would say is you cut away anything that doesn't look like a guitar. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I tell people when. I think it's not an original. I think yeah. Michelangelo said the same thing, you know, said right. his sculptor said, you just cut away what don't look like, you know, whatever it is he's making, you know. And so I, I always tell it, people always laugh, say, so you got to get that sharp whittling knife, you know, you got to have oh. that to start with. And a cut good away from wood, yourself. Yep, good wood and some spruce and maple and ebony and rosewood and nice stuff like that and cut away what, what don't look like a guitar. I think that's one of those one. things that you make it sound easier than it actually yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, well, probably a little bit. But. Well, I love that you let me play your pre-war Martin, your oh, yeah. pre-Civil War Martin. Yeah. That's 1855 over there. And yeah. I don't think I ever come anywhere near that before. So yeah, I that's a pretty, that. pretty nice old guitar. And, yeah. And I really love old old guitars, especially old Martins, and I have some in here. I have a I have at least one D45 that I don't get to play on one of those too often, except mine. And that you put, one, you put the, serial numbers on these? Yeah, every, every one of them. All my guitars have your the one you're holding there is number 400. Oh, it's right down here. And uh, I see. And the one I'm holding, playing on here, that I made from my granddaughter Matilda, who's you know she'll be three in in August, and oh, yeah. uh, she's. Seemed like she has an interest in it, and I imagine she surely would. She was having a wonderful time up at the festival the other day, and she was running around, and yeah. you know everybody. Oh yeah, did you see all the paparazzi when you started dancing with her? All the oh, cameras yeah. turned around the well, show. Why are the cameras going that way? Yeah, and you're over there dancing with your granddaughter. <laughs> yeah, there's no wonder that would draw the 
cameras because yeah. that's a very unusual thing. I can't even walk straight, let alone dance, you know. Yeah. Well, isn't it amazing? Matt, what it, yeah. Your granddaughter will get you to do stuff right. like that, you know. Well, thanks yeah. for meeting us today. Can we play a little something to... Uh, yeah, let's see. Just a little... Tune that most guitar players around here learn first is the Wildwood Flower. It's a Carter family thing. city boy well thank you that's a that's an old-timey super country tune right there from the carter family and that used that's the first guitar tune i ever learned to play so mm, well what a pleasure thanks for playing it with me keep it alive to your million and five well thank you and, thank uh, you so much for you yeah. know coming in talking to me and picking with me and all that stuff yeah. and yeah pretty pretty cool for me to get to play with a big shot fella you know oh come on <laughs> it's quite the reverse i'm just really appreciative that that I, you let me steal you away from your friends and this is the biggest weekend of the year for you this is like christmas for all of us and oh yes that's so, what i always tell people this yeah. is my christmas and new year's and birthday yeah. and everything else you know all at one time when i get to see all my friends and stuff and what are the websites for Jam? Or is it all Jam? We're just going well, to Henderson? Jam's got a, a regional Jam, and my you can connect all that stuff with my thing, which is just WayneHenderson.org. Awesome. And you can find out about the festival and all from that. Yeah, it's a great site. Thank you so much. And, well, thank uh, you so much. And for keeping all the kids playing, is that's the most amazing thing. Well, thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, you know another another guy who's really helpful too in the rock realm is that guy from Green Day, the singer. Like, the, he's got more kids playing rock guitar. Leader. Oh yeah. I put you up there with him. You guys are okay. saving the guitar. No guitar is safe.